Welcome to Same Old Sisyphus, a podcast where three recovering heroin addicts, Harrison from LA, Grant from New Jersey, and Caitlin from Detroit, discuss seeking sobriety in a world full of sweet, sweet drugs. We hope that listeners of this show find some inspiration in these stories, and if not, you can fuck yourself. So this is the first inaugural uh, recording of your old addiction, tentative name. Like I said, (laughs) that's just a tentative name. I'm hoping it's going to be my old addiction. (laughs) I feel like there's a side conversation going on in... in, uh, (laughs) No, I just can't figure out the internet and... I was gonna say, does, does the name actually make you that make you laugh? It's not that old. They're not that old. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. The, well, I know. I know. I'm we're I'm hoping to get it to being an old addiction. Although technically, it's been around for a long time, so I mean, it is. Yeah, there are fruit flies that remember your. Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alrighty, so uh, what's happening, people? You want to sound off? My name is Grant Strack. What is that noise? There's a weird noise. Oh no, it's gone. Okay. Okay. This is Harrison. Like I think maybe that's, <laughs> that's just your uh, headphones or the voices in your head. Uh, it's probably the latter. Yeah. I think it was my feet hitting my laptop. I'm sorry. That's okay. all right. So who are you people? I'm Caitlin. I'm a junkie. I mean an addict. I'm uh, Harrison. I'm an addict of a, also a student of the world. So you're you're the reason like, she she fell down that deep hole. I, no, it was like, she was like she was like she was like and then and that guy was fat and had a giant <laughs> leather duster. That was awesome. I'm going to do that. That was great. Dude, when you got on methadone, it was like you turned yeah. into a different person. Yeah. Does it do and that like, to everybody? Because my wife said I completely like changed into this incredibly empty, terrible human being. <laughs> I, is some, it? Does it do that to other people? Some people, I think, are fine on it. Like Some people don't gain weight. I think it affects people very differently. Yeah, I never gained weight, but I've, I've had a trouble with that. I've always had a feeble frame. What's so, the deal with Suboxone? I thought it didn't get you high. I thought the whole thing about it was like, it doesn't. It doesn't well, so it does. doesn't get you high, but you definitely feel like the, you know, um, kind of that warm. It's not like high, but you definitely feel uh, better. It hits those opioid receptors and tricks your brain into feeling like you're, you're high. Mm. Which, Unless you've never taken an opiate or if you haven't taken one in a long time, then you get fucked. Up. And if you take it like an eight milligram strip two days in a row, you're puking your guts out like you just did too much oil. Yeah, it definitely does uh, get me sick. I had the a little bit of triggered the withdrawals a little bit for like the first hour when I took it today because I guess I had enough oh, really? methadone. Yeah, it was fine though. I just powered through it, but because I guess it had to clear those receptors out because I've been yeah. taking methadone forever, forever. <laughs> 
Wow. How many years? Uh, so I've been, I started taking it in 2004 and I've been on and off. That's been like the main thing I've used, uh, to get off of other things or tied me over in between. Um, but I was since 2004, I, I've pretty much been taking it except for one year where I was on Suboxone, uh, and I almost got clean, but I lost my insurance and had to rush, uh, treatment. Essentially, I was at the end of a treatment plan. I was doing really goddamn great, and then we lost our insurance because we decided that I would, my wife would stop working, and I would go to a different job and get paid more money, so we didn't have to take loans out for her nursing, um, th uh, for her nursing degree, which worked out great, but gave me a uh, triggered me back into addiction. What about what about you people? I don't want to talk about my. What dose were you tapering off? Say that again. What dose were you tapering off of this time? Uh, so with the Suboxone last time, I was on the four milligram strips, and I was taking, I was cutting that into fourths. Uh, you know, um, I'm not not good with fractions. I've always they're, they're like the devil to me. But uh, I would take that strip and cut it into fourths, and then uh, I was on that. And the doctor at the time stopped drug testing me because he said there's not enough in my system uh, to, you know uh come up in a test and he said it was pretty much just psychological the taste and, and stuff of it and we were just about i was i had one more visit and then we lost the insurance and i was like no oh, i could totally do it but you know that never works when you're rushed because yeah. I, I i was clean for three and a half months and then i found a suboxone that i had in my wallet i was i went to a cinematography conference and i was in a great mood and i was feeling good and then i found one in my wallet and i was like well why not take one and then bang next day i was like why am i not you know why am i why am i sober because <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. sobriety <laughs> that's been my biggest thing is like i just i don't know why but i hate being sober that's definitely an issue of mine what about you harrison <laughs> What about you guys? Why do you why do you think you do drugs? Because that was a question that I asked myself, and and that's the answer. I just think I, think I, I really I, hate sobriety. I mentioned it to Caitlin before when we were chatting on, on uh, Facebook or something. I think um, I started because I was exploring homeopathic alternatives to suicide. <laughs> okay, the longer, slow version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? What, what, and what age were you at this time? Oh, that's a whole complicated thing. <laughs> that'll, 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 be, that'll be the season arc. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Shonda Rhimes inevitably picks this up <laughs> and indicates it. Um, <laughs> I want to be uh, played by the guy who played Bubbles in Wire. In the Wire. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh man! Wait, what was the question? So what? Uh, what what age? Drugs? Yeah, and oh. what age were you? I would. I would oh, say. I was. Uh, I mean, I think fifteen when I started doing a right everything. I did yeah, everything when I was fifteen. I acid, smoke pot, heroin. At fifteen, it took me two years. I started at fourteen. Took me uh, three years actually to get into it. So you started right whoa, away. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! I tried it when I was okay. Okay. I didn't actually get yeah a habit until I was like nineteen. Why do you go from you know do, doing no drugs into just diving right into the fold there? Because that's you know all of those things within the first year 
or quite a bit. It took me a while to get to cocaine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You slowly start pushing that line, I think, of like uh, what's not what's just socially acceptable. acceptable, but can you guys hear me all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it actually sounds okay. pretty good. I mean, I know you said it was from depression, but, you know, what at 15 triggers depression that bad? Uh, my, my, my void mostly has to do with uh, being adopted, you know? Uh, so it was, it's kind of, it's not so much like, ah, I'm depressed, so I'm going to do drugs. It was more just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on and everything's pretty bad. So I, yeah, I, you know, like in Short Circuit, you ever see Short Circuit? You know, no, like, I don't think so. Input, input, and he reads all the books and shit. That was kind of my approach to life. I was just like, input, I'm going to do everything I could possibly do, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. What, Maybe uh, one of them will like you know work or something do something. You know? the, it, so if you don't mind me asking, do, why was the adoption an issue? Do you not get along with your uh, adoptive parents? My mother's cool. My father's bad. Uh, it was just it's adoption is like one of those things. Like it's like uh, you know it, it's like some people go, went to Vietnam and came <laughs> back and they were fine, and some people went to Vietnam and they came back and now they're talking about fucking you know kazoo on the fast track to mars on second avenue you know uh-huh. so, like it's it affects people differently it, as a child all i did was like all i did was think about like some people see it as like oh these people wanted me mm-hmm. i said it's like someone didn't want me to, interesting you know? all right so okay so all of the things you, you guys are doing are enemies to the podcast. Yes. Um, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. Okay. All right. Well, I just you know, and you, Grant, your chair. Grant, by the way. Chair. Yes, I agree. Grant, it's, right. Yeah, it's fine. I, I agree. Yes, it is creaking. I won't uh, move around. What Grant? <laughs> you know, I'm trying. Yeah, you can call me whatever. It's fine. I have a tenuous grasp on reality as is. I went to get my um, transcranial electromagnetic. Uh, yes, how is that going today? So far, it's not doing anything. <laughs> um, but they, I have to what? It, what are the signs of of something positive happening? Do they tell you you know you're gonna feel this way or? They actually said that other people would notice it before I do. Interesting. What? Like, it'd be like, there... I'd, I'd show up somewhere wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I'd be like, Why are you wearing a Hawaiian shirt? And I'm like, Am I in- is slightly less bags under your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I have to, it's like forty minutes a day, so I have to like watch movies while they're doing it. Yeah, and I'm down to like their last bottom of the barrel. I'm, I'm watching my best friend's wedding. Oh, oh okay, yeah. I was totally envisioning like a Clockwork Orange there, not like my best friend's wedding. No, I've been watching like Hugh Grant romantic comedies. That's what they Are have. They holding your eyes open like this. It's mostly women that go there. It's just short of that. I would admit. It, like, <laughs> it's the whole get up minus the eye, eye prods. Because supposedly I, 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 I did start stammering in a way that really impresses prostitutes. So <laughs> I think the Hugh Grant is rubbing off. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I was watching this movie and there was some, some scene where, I don't know, they're at brunch or something. And it was like. I don't know. Cameron Diaz's character's family starts oh, singing her. an Aretha Franklin song in the thing in the restaurant, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Oh, okay, this is supposed to be a character hallucination." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, it isn't." And I'm like, "Is this? Am I having a stroke?" Is that, while 
Because this is actually <laughs> a danger with this thing. You know, and um, no. Apparently, it's just part of the movie. And I'm like, this is not how white people behave in yeah. restaurants. <laughs> I would yeah. yell at somebody if they started singing. That's ridiculous. Although, I'll say that uh, every year of my, my wife's side of the family, they go to a hibachi thing and they sing uh, very annoying Christmas carols. And, and so white people do sometimes sing in restaurants. So that, that part of the night, I go outside and smoke a bowl. Because I don't like that whole expedis- ex- exhibitionary sort of, look at me, we're fun. <laughs> so, Caitlin, what treatments are you on? We've heard about Harrison's uh, brain microwaving in my... It's not going to offend you guys if I drink white wine out of a bottle, is it? No, that's okay. I'm no. not going to... Yeah, uh, like a disenchanted school teacher. I just no. wanted to check. I didn't know that would... Yeah, no, that's okay. I just don't want warnings. any more uh, uh, shooting up with puddle water. Oh, God. We can't do that. I've seen that too many times. It's gross. So what are what treatments are you on and why? Okay, currently I'm on Vivitrol, which is just an opiate blocker. You take it once a month in the ass. And, um, really? Interesting. Is yeah, this a new you drug? You can't get high. Yeah, it's just been is a Is that naltrexone? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. You can overdose, I mean, because it'll shut down your respiratory now, system if you try and shoot up. Now, Trexone, as far as I was understood, it was it, that's the stuff that they shoot uh, <laughs> spray at you when you're having an overdose. Or am I thinking it's of Narcan. the... Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Narcan? They spray it at you. <laughs> well, they do. They have a spray. Because my friend's an EMT and he sprays it at people all the yeah, time. But Vivitrol... <laughs> Want hey, man, can I have two dollars for the train? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Vivitrol, opioid free in seven yeah. to fourteen days. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, you have to you have to be opioid free um, from heroin. Like really, like four to seven days. My doctor's kind of scandalous. You can go Alcohol. in there having used that this morning, and he'll fucking just prescribe you a bunch of Xanax to get through the precipitated withdrawals. So, like, when I go to the doctor, I get the script, and I go to the thing, and I got to piss in a cup. I go to the pharmacy. Like with this, it's, yeah. do the, is it the same thing, or do you, do they do it on? Do, Deliver on site. <laughs> it is. It is at the doctor's office. They shoot you in the ass right there. No shit. Interesting. Yeah. I was scared of it, and honestly, this is so fucked up. But the thing I was most terrified of is that it was going to make music sound different to me. I don't know why, just because of like how dopamine reacts with your opioid receptors or opiate receptors and like music and. Ah. Uh, okay. It's really weird. So that makes sense. I was sense. paranoid about that, but I asked. I asked a lot of people, and they said that it didn't change it for them. But mostly, I asked like really like ghetto hood rats, and all they listened to is rap. So I was still a little paranoid, but it's been fine. How long have you been on this now? Three months. Three months. Yeah. And what well, else? It's funny though, if it like turns you into the the opposite of Miles <laughs> Davis, which I guess would be like a senior manager or something. <laughs> Yeah. She becomes really good at selling clothes at Target. Um, yes. So Vivitrol and something else you said? There was another one, I believe. I was, I was on Wellbutrin for a while, and it didn't do anything. And then I tried um, Effexor, and oh my god, that shit is insane. Effexor. It's like, that's a fucking it's like name. Fucking, it's like taking Adderall. It's insane. I couldn't eat or like do anything. It's a norepinephrine and serotonin reuptake inhibitor, whereas... Um, well, Butrin is just uh, norepinephrine and a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. So they work similarly, but 
I don't know why Effexor makes you feel speedy, but that's a common side effect. So I quit taking that, and I felt fine. So other than that, just the Vivitrol. Okay. And is it, it's working? You, what, yes. ha, wh- I what, haven't. What drugs ha- do you use? Have you tried? Have you, like, been like, fuck it, I don't, I don't care about logic, <laughs> and just, like, gone out and tried to use, even though it's, like, will not make it work? Okay, so they warned you not to shoot up or, like, take heroin when you're on it because <laughs> you can still shut down your respiratory system. <laughs> Apparently a lot of people go and test it. However, uh, yeah. absolutely. Of, of yeah. course, you tell an addict not to do this. This doesn't yeah. mix well with this. It's like, oh, well, I'll fucking prove you. <laughs> and you can go on blue light, and there's literally people, like, counting uh, down the days the till their next shot. They're like, oh, I know it, like, 3.65 <laughs> hours until my next shot like this is how much hair when i can shoot up and i'll feel it no i haven't i haven't done that but i have tried like popping like six norco tens at once and didn't do anything and that was like mm. yesterday so i like how people are surprised that that uh human beings who ha- have basically spent years living in like the shadows of existence <laughs> don't respond well to logical commands. yes yeah absolutely because they're like no you can't do it or else it'll kill you and then it's like no, that's just what they want me yeah i'm gonna do it Yeah, I've seen many an addict uh, fucking shoot up methadone, even though it's really bad for you to do. Yeah, I shot up up Suboxone once, and that was the worst time of my life. How did you shoot it up? Dissolve it into water, I guess? Yeah, just just the strip, and and, and it was about 14 hours after the last time I shot up dope, and I went into precipitated withdrawal so bad, like, I fell on the floor, Mm. and I was just, like, shaking and sweating. It was... Mm. So much worse than regular withdrawals. Mm. So much worse. Yeah. It only withdrawals lasted an hour, worst. though. <laughs> so, um, shit, I just had a question that I was going to ask. I lost it. So, oh, yeah. So, both of you have shot up. I've never. I, I only did heroin by snorting. Does it You're really. like Scott Weiland in heaven, by the way. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm terrible. My wife was like, this is going to be all night. I'm going to wake up next to you. I'm definitely waking up with, with uh, blood coming out. Uh, but, but, yeah. But uh, does it actually. Does the shooting actually. Because, first off, heroin is obviously the best feeling drug. Feels fantastic. There's what are you getting from shooting it over snorting it? I, I, I've, I, is it making it that much better? Because I can't imagine you, you know, taking heaven and multiplying it by two. Because <laughs> when you snort it, it's like, uh, you know, five yeah. seconds before it starts feel, you know, the wash starts kicking over you. It you but it, it literally is a wash when you IV it it's not a wash it's like holy shit the, I, I don't know yeah. I is that is that what you're looking for level. that intense like smack in the face high I is, mean you've listened to velvet underground I mean, <laughs> you know we don't have to explain this to you um yeah no it's way more intense but but and this is a lot of people who think this about other IVable uh recreational drugs it's like a lot of people, I, I've known a lot of people, and I still know people now that are like, well, yeah, I'm doing heroin, but, uh, you know, I'm not shooting it, so it's fine. You know, like, they think it's somehow, like, fine. Yeah, that, that was my thing. I'm not shooting. Any, it's just a different delivery system. It's just, it increases your risk of death exponentially. Mm-hmm. That's really the, the only downside of it, if you want to put it that way. Um, and also, it's, there becomes the ritual itself 
becomes its own addiction. See, that's that's my theory is the actual, you know, because there's a significant more amount of mental preparation. It's like when cutting up Coke, like, you know, some people find the meditation and like really, really cutting it up way before, you know, I think it's I think it's that. I mean, again, I've never done it, but like I said, I I, the, I, I was about to do it uh, because they they had everything set up, but then this one guy went into his arm and his blood vessel just like his vein actually blew up like a like a fucking um you know bubble and went poo and he started sucking his arm and uh trying to collect it and he was pulling it up in the needle and i was like mm, i'm gonna just snort it and thankfully because i don't think i would have came back from not shooting here's when the sad part it becomes completely normal when you're shooting up I mean, like, I can name the times of disgusting shit that has happened, and you're just like, eh, yeah. I'm in a new vein. Or, like, you know, you you get used to that, and the, and the instant gratification that comes after it, like, you know, shooting up, you said the whole ritual thing, that's, uh, it reinforces the, sorry, I had a weird noise on my computer. Um, it reinforces the whole pleasure of using the needle. Mm. I mean, it's just brain chemistry. And also, you, you can, like, um, you know, like, yeah, like you can hit a nerve in your foot or something and like your foot blows up to the size of a basketball for like yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's like stuff. lightning. Yeah, thankfully. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Cost of doing business. Yes, exactly. When you're, the lowest I've gotten is literally crouched in front of a toilet at an NA meeting, getting water out of the toilet because there are a bunch of girls in the bathroom and I was like, hey, I can't get out there. Oh, toilet water, why not? You got to do sure the back. And it's just normal. I don't know. And actually, it could. Is the thing. Yeah, so I've never gotten endocarditis, but I was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, if it does kill me, it'll be slow. They'll probably be able to cure it with antibiotics, whatever. Mm. I'm dope yeah. sick. Fuck it. You can get weird stuff from bacteria, you know? Just yeah. like Dean Winter, I don't know, lost <laughs> a bunch of fingers in his nose and a whole bunch of shit for some reason. <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. So, yeah, shooting like you know, unsanitized <laughs> water into your veins, like, terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen uh, the puddle water shooting. <laughs> so, d how do you the guys... Problem, the problem, I mean, another problem with shooting is, is, is in the, the way that it becomes a ritual in itself is that even after you quit the drug, you still have, kind of have this desire to, like, just shoot. Like, I wonder if I could shoot the moon you know I like I, can, I, can i dissolve I like, this I like, dirt and shoot I it like this girl what would happen if i shot her blood into my you know like yeah. you, know, you, you want to just like any possible thing you can do you want to do it in that same way even though it's idiotic mm -hmm. and dangerous mm -hmm. do you remember harrison <laughs> when you first when you first got on methadone you were still like shooting up regularly like dope and stuff like that occasionally for like months the first year every day now I thought yeah. that methadone and heroin <laughs> That's a were huge waste of money. I thought they were both specifically supposed to uh, inhibit each other. Eh, it's one of those half truths. Mm, okay. Yeah. You, know, you just have to do a lot, like a day's worth of heroin in one shot, mm -hmm. and then you get Jeez. over the block. Yeah. That's how Suboxone is. That's how exactly how Suboxone is. I could take an eight milligram strip at like nine in the morning when I was dope sick. And by like 4 p.m., 3 p.m., I would mm. go shoot up probably like half a gram and I could feel it and I'd be fine. Mm. But, but, yeah. Well, don't tell others that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Good thing this is There's secret. an epidemic in this country. <laughs> <laughs> the baristas are tired of fucking cleaning out bodies out of the bathrooms, True. you know? Dude, it's so bad in Detroit. Like, all the... Everyone who overdoses, they test the dope, and it's all fentanyl, like, most of it. Mm. And, of course, we all want that because it's stronger in the instant... So. so check how degenerative I am. Um, my wife, uh, when she was giving birth, um, they uh, gave her the spinal tap, uh, whatever the thing they do, and uh, she, they were, they had to go and move her into surgery for emergency because some complications. And when the guy took the fentanyl bag, it was fentanyl with something else. He took it off of out of the locked case and stuff and chucked it into into one of the garbages that had been very recently changed. <laughs> And the spout was sitting up, and when they turned, I grabbed the bag and poured it into a cup of coffee and drank it. Well, and this is common sense. But, it's like, exactly. you know, it, it's, it's like, really... I laugh about it, but it's, like, it's so degenerative. Like, you no, know, I, that's I, how I, much of a drug addict that I was, that I was sitting there, and I was like, there's absolutely no way. I'm Even though fentanyl doesn't really absorb well through the stomach, uh, you know, it's, it's much better intravenously. I was like, I'm... I, I can't, I can't leave that drug there. No, no, no. That, <laughs> I can't. That's normal. If you were actually yeah. a degenerate, what you would do is, like, intercept the fucking IV. And you'd be yeah. like, I've secretly replaced my wife's fentanyl <laughs> with this water. And the real fentanyl is going directly into my fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have done similar things to that as well. Yeah. It's... It's not something I'm proud of. You know, my wife is fucking uh, getting rushed into surgery and they're having specialists come in because she's about to die. And I'm like, oh, I can get high. I mean, into the stress of it, I'm going to say obviously added to that. But, well, you know, Jerry Stahl thought that powerful enough to, to start his fucking movie with, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think his book, if I remember correctly. So he's in the bathroom at the hospital shooting up while his wife's giving birth oh okay okay i didn't get the reference thanks for those are always the best permanent references. midnight is the film is in the book permanent midnight okay okay yeah i'll have to check that out it's so, basically well, it's, it was a guy it. it was a guy who wrote in the <laughs> 80s he wrote for like alf and moonlighting and shit and he had like a huge heroin habit and they did a he wrote a memoir about it and then they made a movie about it starring ben stiller <laughs> i i can't stand Perfect. that guy so one of my my questions I'd like to ask other addicts is uh, in the recovery process, they obviously don't want you to be they want you to abstain from everything. And that's something that I find dangerous, um, especially for myself. There's some drugs that I can do and some I can't. And I know my limits and I don't think, you know, if I want to have a beer, uh, I can have a fucking beer. You know, how do you guys feel about that? I think that you know, using, because I don't want to nix every drug from my life. It's just this one drug that I have a problem with. Do you guys feel Andrew, the same way? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's another season arc. But um, uh, I, I think, like, it's, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, I, I continue to drink and do other stuff mm -hmm. occasionally for a like, lot. Over 10 years. No, not that. Well, I drink every day. You were drinking a lot at one point. When was I? I mean, yeah, my drinking is at the float. When you got off the methadone, at least. Oh, when I was on methadone, I was drinking a no, lot. No, no, no. It was like when you were getting off of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I drank like 
hobo quality vodka in, in a lot of it. Like that was more than I've ever drank. Why are you ever. trying to fill a void or do you just, you know, what, what, what is it that you like to drink so much? Oh, I thought that that was a serious question. Okay. Um, no, I just need to not, you know, I, I'm self-medicating for all sorts of bullshit, you know? And I, I like lately in the recent times, it's like I, de- I definitely drink every day, uh-huh. but I don't like get drunk. I'll have like three drinks. Is it for fun, or you know that that's essentially was my question? It, like like I drank uh, yesterday uh, a couple beers because I was going through withdrawals and it was to feel something to tide me over. Or are you drinking just just for the no, fuck? No, it's just of it? like it's just to mute the horror of being alive a little bit. Okay, know? that's really. that's fine um, with me. Then I get that yeah. as long as it's, you know. It's not even that I like. It's just like it's there and it's easy and uh, you know, it, it's also like the. Uh, it's hard to talk to people if I'm not, if I like don't have at least one drink in me. Okay. No, no, no. Let me rephrase it. Strangers, strangers. I can't. You know, it's really difficult for me to talk to strangers unless I've been had a drink or two. You know. Um, General but, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Introversion, all sorts of uh-huh. shit. But the thing is, is that, um, like, for years, it was, like, I was actually at a point where I quit heroin for five years. I didn't do it for ten years, you know? And I uh, I even had it offered to me and turned it down on occasion. And a lot of that was the memory of how to you. And I was just like, that was so terrible, I never want to be that person again. Um, Or even do anything that would lead to that, possibly. And the only thing is, like, lately, since I moved, like, I don't know, maybe about a year after I moved down here, um, I'm, like, at an age, period. I'm at an age where, uh, like, things are starting to change, where, like, there's less to look forward to, and there's less, there's less, like, hope I can have, I feel. What what exactly? What it, because... I don't understand. You know, you still live in a... How the fuck old are you? (laughs) I'm 28. Fuck you. (laughs) Is it it just the general dread of being like, you know, you have less less in front of you, less time in front of you, or is it general dread of, of, you know, do you feel like you made bad decisions? Well, I mean, obviously I made bad decisions. Uh, But we all did. That's part of it. Part of it is that. I mean, I've kind of... uh, sabotaged my life in a way that yeah. um, really the only realistic path is uh, uh, solitude and self-destruction. Uh-huh. I'm, 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 and now at a point where I'm like kind of beyond any, you know, having a relationship with anyone that's not completely a degenerate. And um, like, I don't, I'm like, oh yeah, a career. I was supposed to get that somehow. Uh-huh. I didn't quite do that. Uh, so it's like, when you get older, it's like, I don't have a, a wife or a fucking child or anything. So you get to a certain age and you're like, ah, I'm just making money while I fucking, you know, yeah. create my artisanal bicycles that I'll sell every day. <laughs> Whatever the fuck people do, you know? Yeah. And then you get to a certain age. Oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Just in the same way that like, you know, what's the guy in the band after a certain age? Yeah, yeah. It becomes like, dude, you know, and 
it's like that with any artistic endeavor. And then you have a job that you don't like. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, I think in the early part of the generations where they, where they started telling people like, no, you're supposed to, you got to love what you do. Yeah. You got to love it. Yeah. Whereas, like, I was in, raised in, that in, way. In the forties, they were like, maybe yeah. you can get a job at a gas station and feed your family. Yeah. Anything's possible, buddy. You know, that, that was like <laughs> the expectations that were set then. And now it's like, you can be anything. It's uh-huh. great. You know, you can get money from the government to open a coffee shop. But I have question marks on my suit. You know, like, and, and like, it turns out that's not true. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. working a job. If I had like a child or something, it would make sense. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I'm making this money. to. But it's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I stopped dating because I don't care. I just don't. It's just hard to care or pretend yeah. like I'm like, like, hey, I'm too. Uh, fuck it. Like, I, I don't want to pretend, you know, so, so then, it's like, what is the point? So then so let me ask you this then. Big cards are gone. Where, if you made the right decisions, where would you want to be right now? What would you want to have that you feel that you're lacking? Uh, I've been through enough therapy and I'm self-aware enough, I think, to realize that I could be fucking, you know, uh, you know, some kind of Grant Morrison fucking uh, Mark Zuckerberg hybrid uh-huh. with uh, all the money in the world, and I'd still want to die. Uh-huh. I just think that's. I, I don't even know if there's a way around that. You know, I think it's just how can you mitigate that is the question, is the or the answer. It's just one something. Okay, that's an honest answer. Yeah. So what about you, Caitlin? What's the question? <laughs> uh, oh, geez. We, we went on so many uh, uh, points there. Uh, this is where I wish I could rewind and, and uh, play back. What was the question, Harrison? I'm really stoned, so I didn't, I'm not processing right. What, what are you on? Like, is it just the Suboxone? Sub- Suboxone and marijuana. Okay. I'm just, I took uh, eight... Uh, I took one and a half Suboxone strips. You'll learn I'm very terrible at math. I have physics equations tattooed on me, but I'm so bad at general math. Um, but I believe the question was... Uh, because whatever the combination you're on now is like vocal anti-aphrodisiac. <laughs> so maybe that's just my voice. Yeah, I, just do the podcast, try to mitigate <laughs> I think just not having this much suboxone in me because I'm like slow. So I'm, that's like what, like 12 milligrams total? Uh, eight and four. So yes, 12. Um Jesus Christ, I'm trying to think of the question. Because um, I asked him like three questions that brought me back on to... Um, I think it was. Oh, what was, what, was, what was the drugs that you do now that you're okay with doing uh, oh. while you're abstaining from your other drugs? And I guess why do you... I think it's been kind of a journey, honestly, because, I mean, there's been times during my whole, like, trying to get sober for the last three years off of heroin where I've been like, okay, I'm sober for two weeks. Let me try and drink. Let's see what happens. You know, I don't feel like any compulsion to use. I wasn't having cravings. I wasn't obsessing about it. And then I had two margaritas and I was like in the car by myself. And I was like, well, shit, I like how I feel, but I'd feel a lot better if I was high. <laughs> so I just went straight to the dope man. And they talk about that in rehab. They're like, that's what's going to happen. If you do anything. People, places, things. And, 
It's the inhibition yeah. lowering is the issue. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely that's part of it. Even though <laughs> but, in AA they say they don't believe in will, it's because the yeah. inhibition lowers your will. Yeah, yes, for sure, for sure. And I've experienced that, but I think it's more about the place you're at um, uh-huh. psychologically, you know? Absolutely. I mean, because you can be in a really shitty position and do anything and, and be like, well, I'd rather be doing this because, like Andrew said, your inhibitions are lowered, but... I mean, this time I've been clean off heroin almost 90 days and I've drank. Good I've for you. Xanax here and there. I've gotten so drunk that I've gotten hungover and I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. But you know how that works. Why, um, I'm going to jump in and ask you, why did you decide yeah. to achieve 90 days? What was it that made you go, I got to I gotta stop doing this? Because that's a hard drug to stop. Honestly, I'm not counting the days. I look at my like app on my phone, so I remember how many days I had clean. It's just been, it just got really shitty. The first year I was using uh, heroin, like I've been using about three years now, IV. Um, I my dad died, and then uh, I got divorced, and it was just like oh, I hate my life, and I don't uh-huh. know what I'm doing. So why not shoot up heroin? Um, but it makes everything that was, like, better. Age it does. Um, it quells all of your needs in every way. Um, which, I mean, chemologically it does that in your brain, which is not just like a thing. So anyway, for the first year I used it, it was great. I was like, oh, I'm a heroin addict. I'm so cool. I know. Isn't that like so sad? I, I remember being in it, you know, I was in high school being like, I'm fucking awesome. I'm snorting dope. <laughs> yeah. I'm like listening to the Velvet Underground. I'm like, God, I'm so cool. No, but... <laughs> um, and then... Uh, I decided to go to rehab for the first time and did 30 days, you know, yada, yada. It was a really nice place. And I got out and I was like, I'm never going to use again. I'm like, uh, why not just try a little bit? The whole, like, just gauging where your line is after you get clean, like what's acceptable, what's not. And I wasn't at the point where I was ready to stop. And so just trying a little bit of anything got me going again. Mm-hmm. And then very shortly after that, I was in rehab about seven times in the period of like two years. Just because I really, I really did want to get clean. I was like, my life sucks. It keeps getting worse and worse. Like, mm. um, I keep doing crazier and crazier shit. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there was a wake up call per se, but I was just like, either I'm gonna kill myself, which I would be totally happy to do. Like, mm-hmm. but I just didn't have the courage, I guess, to like actually shoot up enough each time I got clean to actually like do it. Um. And then, uh, I don't know, like, I had a time where, like, I did overdose, and, like, my mom woke me up that time, and she had never found me before, so I don't know if it was something to do with that. Like, I really didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever, my mom found me, OD, like, whatever, fuck her. Mm. She'll cry about it to her friends. But um, I think I realized at that point, like, either I have to do something and, and, and figure out how to, I don't know, like, just try and live sober and see what happens, give it a shot. Yeah. And because I mean, I had successfully lived, I mean, just socially using for like most of my life till I was mm. 30. So, not that I want to necessarily be a social user of all drugs, but um, I'm not against like moderation of certain things. I just, you have to figure out what your line is, I think, for everybody. And certain people like need guidelines mm. and they're like, okay, well, NA and AA say this. If I follow these rules, I will be okay. Make it to make it, whatever. They've got a million catchphrases that you can go by. But um, I think once you really start to look at yourself and why you use, like you were talking about earlier, 
what drives you to do horrible things while you're using and while sober mm-hmm. and start investigating really what what triggers you to want to escape in a manner of instant gratification mm. whether that's sex drugs buying clothes uh I don't know, you can name anything I, I fundamentally believe everyone on, on this planet is an addict in some way i agree with that and that's a hard question to answer my yeah. my only answer to that right now is that I don't like sobriety. And why don't I like sobriety? Because I haven't been sober in 13 years. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm honestly terrified of it. I mean, I'm always going to use marijuana because I have some diseases that cause very bad pain. And uh, But, like, I... I literally haven't been sober in 13 years. The longest yeah. I was was for a year and a half when I successfully beat heroin. I didn't do anything. I didn't even smoke pot. I, I had like a year and a half. And then I, I started talking to kids in college and finding pills. And, you know, that threw me right back into it. <laughs> how long, Harrison, how long have you maintained sobriety? Because we now... Maybe I should try talking to kids in college. And get some- I don't- those hey, kids with their pills and their slap bracelets. Fellow young folks like the Smash Mouth, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My problem was I worked at the college, so I was around and able to see a lot of kids and in the television department, and all those people love drugs. <laughs> so how long have you maintained? What's the longest stretch of total sobriety have you had? Oh, total sobriety? God knows. Um, a week? I mean, with drinking? Because it's like, if alcohol's there, I'm going to have a drink. Uh-huh. every, you know, At least one every day. Mm-hmm. Every, if, if I don't, it's because it's like, I am so tired, I fell asleep early. Like, <laughs> Or, you know, I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm not, but if I were. Um, but generally, the only time I've ever not done it is if I've like been in a situation where the, you can't for a week or something. Um... But again, it was like after quitting dope and I don't know, when I was 22, I spent 13 years sober, probably, or not sober. From dope, but from other things. And then I was like, at that point, I was like drinking more than most people Mm. once in a blue moon doing cocaine. Mm. That's it. I honestly wish I could smoke weed. Um, No, me too. Yeah. Why can't you? It's like the easiest drug of all. If I do it, it, I just end up uh, shivering in a corner. Okay, you get anxiety. My wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife gets that too. She freaks out from anxiety for thirty minutes, and then until it wears off, and then it wears off, I immediately fall asleep. Huh. Yeah, it's like it puts me in the K hole. Like I just, I'm laying there like comatose, shaking. Interesting. It's not even like an anxiety thing. It's like a physiological response. Interesting. I think I, think I it was. There's some weird shit that happened to me with LSD in my brain. I did a, bunch, a lot of it in it. It like it fucked up because they affect the same receptors. Uh-huh. Um, mushrooms, LSD, and marijuana affect the same receptors. So LSD fucks some shit up. I, I would caution anyone to not never do as LSD because it's. Oh, it's I'm gonna. A, I'm gonna disagree with you there. I love LSD. <laughs> well, if you're already doing it, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Don't start it. It's an unnatural, unpredictable thing. Uh, like, that is true. With mushrooms, it's very predictable. Like you know this. Yeah, this but it's so much easier. I hate eating an eighth of mushrooms. It's so much easier to put that tab of paper on your tongue. 
But with LSD, it's like question mark, question mark, question mark, because we don't actually know anything about the brain. You can't bend to the moon, you know? So. So, I've seen so many like scientific videos about what LSD does to the brain and read a lot of stuff. And, and They're all significantly like, misinformed. Yeah, like, it opens every portion of the mind so they can fucking talk to each other. And I'm like, okay. The thing I just read recently is though that actually the LSD mimics um, serotonin. Yes. And that's why and it's so able to it give you... Your, not just the cannabinoid receptors, but your serotonin receptors too. And so... It fills those up, and it, it, it fucks with your brain in that way as well, which is very strange. Mm. Yeah, I've been doing it a lot recently because I've found a connection, a uh, old hippie with real good acid. And yeah, I've I've been I've I've slowed down, but man, it's is is uh, hallucinations great for any addict. I think to it definitely like when I'm on it, you just don't think about any drug at least, and I, and I'm able to feel things as well. Well. Yeah, I mean, I guess it mimics serotonin, much like uh, the giant insects in uh, Mimic that Mira Sorvino once went toe-to-toe with. Oh, your references are on point today, Harrison. That's a horrible movie. (laughs) I have a weird thing where it's like the... The more depressed I am, the sharper my wit is. Yeah, okay. I think they they call that the... uh, I don't know. Is that John from sitting in a corner or something? Is that from sitting in a corner badgering yourself, making fun of yourself? That's where I get my wit from, from hating myself. Why intensely. am I hitting myself? Why am I hitting myself? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I can I ask a question since we're not recording this and it's not like directed? I just See. wanted to go back to Harrison. When you were talking about, you know, growing up and existential crises and all of that and you said that there's no hope of you ever dating someone who's not a degenerate again. Do you want to date someone who's not a degenerate? Do you want to get married and have kids? I mean, Where's... I know that's a deep question, but... Sometimes, the only reason I ever want to have kids is sometimes when I'm like, man, this, like, suicide thing is a drag. Like, I feel like if I had a like, if I had a kid, I'd be like, well... Yeah, it gives you a sense of purpose. Stuff, you know, and I do stuff. And then... And then sometimes I'm like, well, what am I, in 20 years, who am I going to bother, you know? Th- th- those are really the only two thoughts that make me like, ah, maybe I should have a kid. Um, but it's not that I want one. Why don't you adopt? Adopt like a 14-year-old. Are you? This is getting too meta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Looking at myself in a mirror. Myself in a mirror. <laughs> I really want you to, to adopt me. <laughs> I'll adopt our host, Jorge Luis Borges. Pace. Whatever. Any. Fuck you. Uh, what, <laughs> Sorry. What was the point of what I was saying? What, what is yeah, you were talking about, uh, you know, having a purpose that you felt like a, oh. a child would bring you back from the brink of wanting to murder yourself. Well, it's weird. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In a world gone mad, <laughs> a child can bring one man to the point. <laughs> Back from the brink. And then it starts playing Nora Jones, you know, in the background. Um, uh, it's like, I realize, I mean, I realize like the last girlfriend, like when I, ha- the less structure I have, the worse I do. Okay. So it's like, if I don't have a girlfriend and have a job, Things will look very grim the other Oh, people. yeah. Whereas to me, I just like, yeah, I don't know. 
you know? Uh-huh. Nope, sleeping in a pile of clothes, what of it? You know, it's normal, <laughs> fine. But like, there, you know, there's a period, there was a period last year where I didn't have a job or a girlfriend. And I basically just became like a fucking, like a feral creature, like Casper Hauser. I was just I've like, been there. You know, just like, yeah. just like hiding from the, and I, and I, I, I would occasionally go out. The only thing that would like keep me from just like being a total degenerate was process serving, which is also kind of a degenerate thing to do. Um, and I, I don't know. I just spent the, the, the entire summer um, shooting speed and giving and uh, serving subpoenas and summonses to scumbags. Mm. That, that was my summer. That was my mm. summer. You know? I can't th- imagine that being a healthy environment for an addict. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like dating in L.A. for me is impossible. Like, mm. it's, just, it's just, I don't know. In New York, it was easy. In New York, it was like, and I don't, again, I don't know if it's the place or if it's my age. If it's now I've gotten past a certain point. How old are like you now? 36. Okay. Okay. And I went, like, I went on a date with a woman my own age, like, uh, a few weeks ago. I liked it was cool. We were making out. But she's, she was very empathic. So we're making out for like 10 minutes. And then she's like, why do you hate yourself? And I'm like, God damn it. I'm just trying to, trying to do stuff, you know? And, and I wasn't nuts about it. Those people just, scare I me. Out, I would have gone out with her again. But she was like, yeah, no. And I was like, yeah. You hate yourself too much. So I'm going to give you a reason to hate yourself even more. Look, I, no, I don't blame her. I mean, it, it's... It's like on, on uh, you know, dating apps when people are like, you know, have your shit together. Of course, a lot of these people are like, be creative and funny and also have your shit together. <laughs> it's like, where are you living, lady? Fucking Shangri-La, you know? Anyway, uh, pick one. Pick one and then, uh, you know, come on. Anyway, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Put, I, I have to really get my, I have to have some time for my charm to work. Before they can just ignore all the other fucking red flags that I have. So, I feel like the last decent girlfriends I had were, were like when I left New York. And I was like, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I should have just stayed in one of those. <laughs> like, the last two, you know. That would have worked. That would have been fine. I should have just done that. Tinder doesn't, but, uh, doesn't uh, uh, I would imagine you have thousands of women on that out there. No. Because women in LA, don't, in New York, all I had to do was like be tall and show up. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, LA, in LA, it's like they want they also they, they they also want you to like help them with the, whatever ridiculous career aspiration uh-huh. they have. You know? I'm a hand model and I need a manager. <laughs> I don't know what these people are like. If they just don't, if they've never, maybe they've never seen my best friend's wedding and don't understand the idea of romance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're they, uh, slowly brainwashing you they're microwaving your brain and making you watch terrible films he's soon going like, to be very em- empathetic and like, all oh, guys, guys I just uh, had a terrible week <laughs> they're like oh this guy's really charming and attractive he's great but I don't know if he can really help me with my burlesque career so Yeah, I'm, I'm going to move on you know um, and, and, and that's I don't know that's kind of what it's like here you know and I mean I, had a, I got a girlfriend when I was here and it was uh, this chick that was like the first person I, I haven't connected with anyone more than her in like 10 years. She was great. And it was like, but I resisted her. I, I kept her at an arm's length. And it was because she was like, you know, smoking meth every day and also uh. just gotten over an opiate addiction. 
Eh, and, that's not healthy. <laughs> and she she was it was very chemical. Like we didn't have a lot in common. Like she was kind of, but she was very much like. There was one day. It was I think it was like my birthday, where it was like, I get I'm bad because my birthday to me is like it's uh, not my birthday. It's it's my it's I was given up to the care of the state day. Is what it uh-huh. you know. So I'm like oh, I'm sitting around and I'm like. Probably the closest I've ever come to suicide. Uh huh. And she texted me and she's like, We should go out. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, and she's like, I'm coming over. And she come, you know, it was very like manic pixie dream girl. And she dragged me out. And it like, you know, we went out to a thing and somebody else was having a birthday and we stole their fucking birthday cake and had it <laughs> for ourselves. And, you know, it was like, and she had a lot of money too. So it was like, She'd be like, let's go to Santa Monica and get a $700 hotel room, have $500 dinner, and then fucking do Molly all night and fucking fuck, you know? And I was like, this is great. But I'm like, wait a minute. She's going to kill me. Yeah. She's actually going to kill me. So I I kept her at arm's length, and eventually she met some other dude. A year, and I was actually kind of broken up over it. I was kind of bummed out. Because she met the dude when I was at Ibogaine. But again, I kept her at arm's way. It was, it was me. But, so, I, I didn't see her for like a year. And I was, I was, I'm still hurting over this fucking thing. But a year later, she, she texted me. I was like, I think it was like guest hosting the podcast where I started hosting it. And I got a text from her. And mm. it was like, hey, you want to go for a drink? And I'm like, I was in the middle of like, I was literally in the middle of doing something that you normally don't break being in the middle of. And I was yeah. like, I gotta go. Gotta go. So I met her. <laughs> I went and met her, and she was like all fucked up and looking like fucking skeleton. Uh-huh. You know, she was looking bad. Yeah, that she, meth she, sucks she was, you dry. Well, she was on meth and heroin at the same time. Ooh, oh man, man and up and a down. Yeah, I met. I went over her apartment, and the guy that she was dating, uh, she basically was funding his daily meth and heroin habit. Uh huh. And of course, part of me was like, "Man, that was man. a <laughs> bullet there." That's, that part of me was like, well, "That I sounds had great." A heroin habit. <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I was over there, and then it was like he was getting all upset. He was getting all like, really <laughs> "Hey, you're gonna mess with my my supplier here." <laughs> yeah, he, uh, we thought he was asleep, and we were gonna go to some party or something. And and he was like, <laughs> "Not the fuck around," I, or whatever. I probably not. Yeah. And um, and he was getting all upset. In my experience, like, if you're around a couple and the guy's jealous, get really fucked up. And you become less of a threat. Because uh, um, if we had fought in the apartment, there was a giant picture window we would have fallen out of uh, into a pool, four stories into a pool. It would have been a great story. scene for a party movie. It would have been great cinema. But <laughs> it probably caused me like a back injury for the rest uh-huh. of the time. So anyway, um, I was like, yeah, okay, I got to do something. And they were, doing, they were getting their stuff ready. And they're like, hey, you want to you want a sh- shot? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And I hadn't, I hadn't, I'd done meth maybe a couple of times, and I hadn't done heroin in, I don't know, 12, 13 years. And I'm like, yes, I don't Ooh. have what she's having. So they made me a goofball shot, mm. which is like, that shit takes commitment. You know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, it's California, so it's like, you gotta cook up the heroin, and then you gotta boost cold water over here for the meth, and put it together somehow that doesn't kill you. And it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. a whole thing. So they give me the thing, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I do it. And it's like 40 hours later, I woke up on my couch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
you know, it's like a fucking detective novel or something. Uh-huh. Memento. Uh, Memento. They just, they just, I just, I don't know. They just dragged me to their car and drove me to my house and dragged me to my house and put me on the couch. And I woke up like almost mm. two days later. Mm. And, uh, and then that was the start of the, the, the downturn there, I would say. The, the long, return to form. The longest blackout I had was for three days straight because I ate an entire um, um, morphine patch. You know, those ones that they put on you. Everybody was like, don't eat that. That's It's a lot because a kid, a kid I knew, he was, uh, broke his back in a motocross accident and his brother got all these pills and I sucked that fucker dry. And I, I went to high school. I took tests and failed every single one of them. But I don't remember those three days at all. Huh. Just a fun so little anecdote. Out. You just blacked out. I blacked out like I was. My friends said that you know I was just like a shell of a human. I was going to school. I was going through the functions, but I was so bent that like you know I don't remember any of that time. And I would wake up. You know I would wake up, go to school, and then I'd wake up at home. Like how the fuck did I get here? It was a crazy blackout. Blackouts suck. So I guess, yeah, it's not technically a blackout. Well, the interesting thing is I went on one Tinder date, and it was with uh, a woman who turned out to be an alcoholic, but not the, like, you know, I put vodka in my Honey Nut Cheerios alcoholic, but, uh, like, the one where it's, like, they have, like, two, three drinks, uh-huh. and then, like, a and they're done. flips, uh, and yeah. they become the Mr. Hyde. Those are scary. They become a different person, and then anything after that, they don't remember it. Hmm. And I was like, I've seen that enough to be like, wait a minute, this is the thing, you know? <laughs> and um, and then it was like, and then she's like, we were out having drinks. And then I was like, oh, shit. And she's like, oh, I, my car has a breathalyzer on it, so I can't drive it. Can I stay at your house? And I'm like, all right, sure. And then she was like trying to sex with me. And I was like, uh, like, I don't, like, I know you, first of all, like, I, this is not you. This is like weirdo mm-hmm. you know i could see in your eyes it's something strange and uh it's like i haven't had sex in a while but it's like i'm gonna have to go jezebel on this one and, and, and say no because uh it's not consent uh and and you and also you like you're not gonna remember it it's fucking fucked up so it's like no 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 so then we woke up the next day and then we went to fucking brunch at a bar and the bars in la are like caverns because they block out the sunlight for people so they people can drink during the day you know generative mm-hmm. the, the <laughs> so we went to one and they, they have like a, a, a bloody mary brunch she had like one bloody mary and then that was like she couldn't start the goddamn we went to the she couldn't start the car and i was like give it to me and i fucking started the thing fuck out of here like, I, that was that was my only experience with Tinder. my point of that story is i would do that again but there should be a dating app for um, uh, disaster pieces. Well, there should be a dating app for people like us that are just fucking retarded. Broken without the E. Broken. I believe it's called N.A. <laughs> no, no, no. N.A. is where you go to get drunk. Yeah, right? yeah. That's where you go to get the, get the supply. N.A. is where you go for any, uh, any addiction. If you're serious about... Being sober. Yeah. AA is the only ones I've ever uh, ever and been granted, able to I go to. This is a person who's never really been serious about being sober. Mm. AA is where you go <laughs> if you're serious about being sober. NA is where you go to either find get someone new to connect off of 
yeah. or just watch some guy nod out and be like, oh, man. Yeah, it's so depressing. AA, ma- AA ma- meetings are much better. I've always wanted to go to the sex addiction one. There's one near me, but uh, I, I feel like I'd be... A, I'm a degenerate, but not that much of a degenerate. Also, I'm married. But when I when I was not married, I was like, hmm, maybe I could. But NA is horrible fucking goddamn rooms. AA, was. So, okay. so AA is, I think, the better one. I find value in being... A, I went to one last week. I find value of being in a room with other people but i just hate the whole like pat you on the back you're sober today i don't like that i would i would like to do that actually yeah it's amazing it's so fucking great they have it every day where you are um almost every day yeah you sometimes have to drive like 20 minutes i'm sure in la it's probably everywhere Google it now. So, can you explain to me this is smart recovery? Because this is this uh, something I've never heard of. Yeah. Okay. So it stands for self management and recovery training. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is smart. Um. When you went. Okay. Another Simpsons reference, real quick. I I, I didn't want to like before, but when you like go to people's houses and like deliver their subpoenas and shit, would you be like? Smell you later. No, if you stay. <laughs> If you stay more than like two seconds, they will take a swing at you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Nice. So there's one in Brick that I can go to on Thursdays. Yeah. I'm gonna give that a try. It's pretty cool. It's every type tomorrow. of addict. And um, I know. like the ones that I go to, it depends on the facilitator too how good it is. But they actually give you like stuff to work on. They do like cost benefit analysis of like your addiction and like. Um, different like little tools you can use when you're having emotional moments and you need to like the pause button on before reacting and going and doing something considered maladaptive, I guess. Um, Brick, New Jersey is known as uh, worldwide as the paragon of hope. So you should go. <laughs> <laughs> also of gaining its uh, notoriety in heroin use. What, Did I tell you about called? the New Jersey cop that I... I think I mentioned that on the podcast. I don't remember if I... I don't even know what I talk about on the thing or when I talk about it in real life. But there's a, there's a cop that whenever I go to Comic-Cons for, to promote my bullshit... Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the cop. Yeah, yeah okay. Keep New going, though. I think he's down where you are, like Brunswick, area, that, that area, you know? Uh-huh. Is that where you are? I don't know. I'm in, in uh, Ocean County. He's like a detective in that area, and he's like, <coughs> I want to just... I want to kill him. Like, I, I hate all cops. He's always dressed as a Jedi, so it's like retarded, just because he's like, I'm a nerd and whatever. <laughs> he's like, I, he's talking to me, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, he doesn't know anything about me. You know, and he's like, yeah, nowadays, you know, they want us to pass laws so that uh, anybody can give knocking, and then they don't learn their <laughs> lesson. So they overdose, and they don't learn their lesson. And I'm like, learning, so learning the lesson is you die. Yeah. Yeah, right. You don't, okay, all right. Oh my god! I'm gonna, I'm gonna refrain from that. Words. Scares me with a cop like that with Narcan, just like blasting okay, it around. Idiot, all cops are like that. All cops are dirty. All cops are shitty human beings. If you're a cop listening to this, fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> I I hate no, I mean, cops. It's something so that much. happens to them. Like they become, even if they're not like crooked or actually breaking any laws, they like, become become dirty. They end up like speeding. The idea 
the idea of like somebody's life being ruined before their eyes is like a it's like lulls to them. Uh, yeah. You know? So yeah. that's just the way it is. And then there's certain guys that see so much horrible shit too. Like they're they honestly just don't know how to cope with it and they become horrible people as a result. Or or disenchanted, I guess. I've seen that happen yeah. too. They're just like, ah, another junkie dying. Let's hit him with five milligrams of Narcan this time instead of two. Torture the motherfucker. And I've heard that's supposedly terrible because it bangs your sobriety and the withdrawal symptoms, like, immediately. Well, if they give you the appropriate amount just to wake you up, you're just high like normal and you're like, I'm going about your day. Okay, I'm going to go cop again in the morning like usual. Same old Sisyphus shit every day of my life. But um, there are certain, like, EMTs and people that will hit you with too much on purpose and it shoots you into that whole same precipitated withdrawal type situation. It's horrible. See, terrible. Dude, that's what you should call the podcast. Same old <laughs> Sisyphus shit. Same old Sisyphus shit. I'm yeah, open to changing. Sisyphus shit. Not your old addiction. <laughs> I have another podcast. <laughs> I have two other podcasts by the name of Your New Something. So I was like, You're old. I don't care. I don't I don't like the name. Figure like yeah, I'd like it to be old. Why you? Why? Uh, what did you call it? Your new Sisyphus? Same, Same old Sisyphus shit. I don't know what Sisyphus means. Your new Sisyphus? Same old Sisyphus. Sisyphus is the 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 guy in mythology. Who uh, every day he would have to he would roll a boulder. Oh up. yeah, okay. Yeah. And he'd almost get it up. Oh, that's actually a pretty pretty down. smart name. I like that. I vote. I vote yeah for that. <clears throat> Since you guys are a part of this, do you vote yeah for that? I'm getting rid of my garbage <laughs> name. Equivalent is the Dunkin' Donuts man <laughs> wakes up early to make the. I don't know. know. <laughs> or us or something. Yes. Oignancy. So I guess we'll I'll end we'll call it an end after this question unless you guys have more stuff you want to go I got on two about. Things just to say about about podcasting why I think it's valuable. Um, sure. It, well, one thing is that like I guess doing these fucking things it's like the they improve main and the main reason they improve is is like well it's a rapport but a big part of rapport is just like fucking you figure out how not to talk over people you know mm, what i mean yes not, not any person but like the specific people that you're dealing it with mm -hmm, like yeah. you learn their things so then you don't talk over them um also i tend to find that like i haven't been to therapy in five years but i tend to find this kind of like therapy yes that's why i wanted to do this only with the podcast i do it's like sometimes i want to talk about shit i did and then deal be like well i went to the I went to the Slayer show, and I want to talk about that. Oh, you know? he's he's but such I'm a like, great oh, well, segueer. Yeah, no, that, you should do that. That's way more interesting. I just over the weekend, I uh, I shot Molly and had a fucking transgender sex worker choke me out. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Talk about fucking Slayer and how how cool it was to see him again. Well, I so want to anyway, hear that story. Jeez, that sounds like a great story. Oh, I'm into all sorts of shit. Now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so it's a valuable thing, therapeutically, and, you know, it, it keeps the mind sharp. 
I I agree. That's why I I I can't I can't do therapy. I've tried, but I just can't sit in a room and just talk to this person. That one, it's my main thing was somebody telling me, giving me like I can take advice from people, but going and opening up to somebody and then them being like, you should do this next time it happens. I much aren't supposed to give advice. Yeah. That person, I guess, wasn't good because they they were like, well, next time you have this, here's some mechanisms that you can do. And it's like I I don't respond well to that. I'd rather complain about my problems and have somebody make fun of me. That looked like a chicken for a second. The way that it popped in, I was like, why do you have a chicken in your house? Where's the chicken? No, she's got a dog, but it looked like a chicken for like a a split second because he just popped in. I thought you meant me. I'm like, oh, wait. (laughs) Yes, Harrison, there's a big tarantula in the corner. Be cool. Be cool, dude. He doesn't look like he's angry. (laughs) So I guess. What were you going to ask? You're going to ask. Yeah. So why? uh, I I mean, we kind of went over this, but why do both of you? want to maintain sobriety from the the chosen drug mine mainly as i said is that i don't feel like a human being anymore if i don't take my paxil my brain doesn't fire right i start getting these little brain zaps if i don't take my medication zaps yeah the uh, fucking the Paxil is great though because it helped me slow my brain down and because I think too fast it helped me align my thoughts but like I'm I'm just not I'm 28 and I have my own business and I work from home and I I have a daughter and I'm like not even a human like uh, I fucking like the other day I was just I had a stuffy nose and I just blew snot onto my shirt and just like wiped it in and I was like yeah I don't care and I was like what the fuck like I think that's the methadone making me not give a shit about basic human functions like I didn't want to shower I got into an argument with my wife because she was like you got to shower and I was like I don't need to shower I don't want to shower you know I'm not doing anything I work from home what are you doing you lazy fuck you just don't want to get up and shower and I think it's because of the methadone uh, I think from home is really a mixed bag. It is. It, it, it is. I've been doing it for six years now, and it's 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 a great thing, but it's also a detriment as well because uh, most people are just like, oh, that must be great. For no, you. it's like, not. It's yeah, not it's at all. Like for me, it's kind of like being locked in a room with the devil. Yeah, you know, it's like, pretty terrible. It's hard to like buckle down and stuff like that. But one one thing that I've found in myself, and I would like to suggest to people and you guys. Try and get 10 minutes of sun a day just because working at home for six years, there was literally times in my basement. Now I've moved my stuff up into my living room because I have to watch my daughter during the day. But I was down in the basement and I would just be down there for fucking five days straight, not even going out in the sun. And Ari Shafir is 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 one that got me into I heard about him doing it and I go out and get 10 minutes of sun a day and it is fucking it makes a difference having those UV rays to pound down on you. Definitely last, makes a difference. Last year I had a, I had anemia and a vitamin D deficiency. And Jesus, her problem. You stayed inside yeah, that and I live much. in a place where there are literally yeah. like two sons. There's two of them. You know? I don't even, I don't know how that happened to be honest because I I could just I just go up to have a cigarette and I get more sun up yeah. than I do did in New York in like a year. But yet I still got a vitamin D. <laughs> Although, it, and also, it's really, that's good advice, but it's funny to take advice from a guy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, 
Yeah, no, I know. I that that's the that's the hilarity of it. Nobody should ever take advice from me. I'm essentially you gotta do, man. It's gotta you know, you gotta like you gotta eat and then you gotta pray. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanna stay sober because I just don't feel human anymore. I just don't feel like a functioning human, and I don't well, think you have it's a fair. And your, li your life is not your own. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair to her, uh, you know. So, what is your driving factor? What? Because that's, I believe, the one thing that will actually now. Because before, I never actually wanted to get sober. I was just doing it to get my wife to stop yelling, or my family, or friends to stop bitching about it. And now, I actually do. You know, what is what is the driving force for both of you and Caitlin? You can go first. Okay. Um, I think blowing your snot on your shirt is probably the perfect uh, analogy for opiate addiction. Like, yeah. You can sum it up like that because what it boils down to for me is I, I did the same thing. I literally go call my dope, come home, stay in the house, watch every TV show on Netflix, then start watching really bad reality TV. I mean, I literally did nothing. I didn't work. I didn't have to. I didn't have any bills to pay. So it was... Uh, it was a time where I literally just, I, there was, I had no needs to be met except not getting dope sick. And, um, sad to say, I kind of ran out of veins to you. So, uh, I figured I was going to have to alter my addiction or just fucking give up on it. And I chose to give up on it because, um, did you start, something else did, you start and did, you start in, <laughs> did you get to that point or you were like, I don't want to get to that point. No. Uh, what do you mean that no veins? No, oh, the feet. Did you start hitting the feet? Oh, oh no! I my veins are all blown out in my feet. Um, I've had oh, multiple man. abscesses and man. surgery for them. Um, I got nothing left in my arms. By the time I went to rehab this last time, like I was shooting up in my thighs, and they were all covered in. Uh, Whoa! Jesus! Yeah. I never even did shit. That one. God damn. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It was bad. So, um, I mean, sometimes there's some stuff like that necessity that drives you to it, but. I just realized I wasn't living. And also the, the one thing that really I live for in my sobriety is like reading, learning new things and listening to music and finding new music. And none of that shit is interesting or even like, mm. I have no motivation to do any of that when I'm like, hi, like really like, yeah. I like when you, see, over and over again. when you see like a, a, a junkie that got like that got addicted you know, in like fucking 1985, and he's been using since 1985. That's why he's still dressed like he's going to a fucking <laughs> flock of seagulls concert. It's like a vampire, yeah. like literally frozen yeah. in time. At, at, <laughs> the, at the time you fucking started, they doing haven't, it. haven't bought anything, haven't learned anything new. Yeah. One thing I don't understand though, and maybe this is just my problem with heroin addiction, is like, what's with all these creative heroin addicts? I thought heroin like mysteriously made you into like fucking River Phoenix or something. Or Kurt Cobain, like, I'm convinced Kurt only wrote in his sobriety, and that when he was high, mm. he just laid around, because I, I could not, I mean, I could not do anything. Yeah. I was to watch TV. I agree. I, I would, I agree with you there. I wouldn't even, like, listen to music when I would, I would yeah. just snort and then just fucking fall backwards into, like, the position I was in and just stay there, not move, and just enjoy. I didn't even nod out. It was literally just like, I was just like a zombie, like, mm. all right. A good well, feeling zombie, though. <laughs> I, I think it's literally, it's just like people that already have like yeah. an insane amount of talent. And yeah. when you think of that, they're like, they have other people that they're doing shit with. And they're like, 
Oh, I gotta go record with the guys. I'll, this, I'll eat this Benzedrine inhaler. Yeah. yeah. Go. Like, literally, that's, that, I think that's what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think it's the actual drug that inspires you to do stuff because it's just, it doesn't, you know? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, it's like you're Nikki Six, and like you're like, fuck, I'm in the closet again. Uh, the guys are calling me to go. Right, uh, girls, girls, girls. We better go. <laughs> so Harrison, you, why do you, other than making sure that you're awake for and and ready to hear Jew, uh, Dee's Jew whiny voice every week? Because I'm sure you live for that. It's, it, to be honest, it's weird because it's like it's. I feel like it's the most serious commitment of my life right now. Uh huh. Actually, I, sadly, it's the best thing in my life. Right no, now, I see that. I enjoy it, podcasting. I, I mean, I, people like it, but it's like you know. I mean, you hear the people calling. Yeah. They're like barely human. Yeah, you know? I've been the. I've been one of them. <laughs> like, More than one. You heard that guy? He was talking about. Fucking over a toilet filled with vomit and feces, you know. It was a good it's, fucking story. It was a. F- oh, I nice. also I also vote that I'm not sure if he's actually retarded or not. I don't know. He's a pretty good salesman if he isn't. But that story is like a little little too crazy. If that guy was acting, fucking Stanislavski is weeping in heaven mm. right now. Right? That's what I'm saying. I, but, I agree there. <laughs> it, no, it's it's uh. I, I, it's a sad thing, but anyway, I don't know. Like, I, it's just when I did it, I started doing dope for a little while last year with this uh, racky punk rock broad, and um, like, I would do it because first time I after I did it, first time after that time, the thirty six hours, I passed out. Like, I did it, I don't know, two and a half days in a row, and then I'm like, I was sick for like a week, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? I forgot the science of this shit, you know. Yeah. Like, I haven't been on a forum full of retards in a while. So I'm like, I don't remember the goddamn uh-huh. stupid science behind it. So I was like, oh, shit. So then I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do that again. And then, of course, I did that again. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just will do it and then not do it again for three days. And I had a whole calendar. And I was doing that. And I'm like. Isn't it amazing how scientific we get with our drug use? It's not a sustainable system, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I, I just like, I can't. I can't. So stop doing it. And it's not, it, to be honest, it's not for any great reason. You know, it's just like, I know where it leads. I don't die. Uh, I just become awful, mm-hmm. you know, which to me is a worse fate than death. So how are you maintaining this now with like, are you doing it? We're both on, on addiction treatments. Are you just personally deciding to stop or are you doing something as well? I'm doing all sorts of shit. Anything, uh, anything but. Anything but. Okay, you're 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 on that uh, uh, treatment plan. Yeah, that's not going well either. Yeah, no, it never does. <laughs> I'm at a unique place for, uh, you know, this this old addiction or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> no, same same old Sisyphus. I li- I like that. Your old addiction's lame. <laughs> I feel like you guys had a side conversation about how lame the your old addiction no, name is, or it's or it just tickled you both that how horrible. We've known each other conventionally for a long time. Yeah, like she, uh, my best friend who I know since I was fifteen, she dated him for seven years. So okay, 
we have a rapport already, so that's why there's. Okay, I got you. Doing. What are they? What? No, it's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm definitely. I, I get off on people making fun of me, so I, I would I'm imagine in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm imagining in my head. No, we, went to the, we went to the Mormon pageant together in Upstate New York. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we did. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a great fuck. I don't care what anybody says. That was a great fucking vacation. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. So, so is there anything you guys want to say? I'm I'm gonna. I thoroughly believe in goal setting, and uh, before the next time we record this, I'm going to meditate twice a day instead of once a day because I meditate. I wish I could fucking meditate, man. It's That's really hard, hard and it takes a lot of time to hone that muscle. But it's really worth it. it. Once in my life. Why? When I, was at, when I was at this therapy retreat, which was literally like, give us your phones, you're in the middle of nowhere, and there's redwoods, and you just have to, you have nothing to do but work on your bullshit, you know? And it was like, and there were like guided meditation. Uh-huh. Like, picture this, and picture that. And I'm like, ah, this is bullshit, you know? And then they're like, your spirit guide shows up. And then my spirit guide showed up. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it was like an old biker guy named Reginald. Reginald. <laughs> a biker named like, Reginald. And he'd seen it all. You know, he'd been through it all. And it was like, I was like, shit, this is great. But then, unfortunately, I had to, like, go back into the goddamn real world. And I, I've tried to do it. I've tried to, like, recreate. It's kind of like Malcolm McDowell's character. I should send you... The, on this email, I'll send you, uh, I have this thing called Quantum Insights and Alchemical Guided Meditation. And it's not one of those really annoying ones where they're like, you know, the, it's essentially this woman guides you through sitting on a beach and you create a ripple in the pond and you, you know, go through it. And they've got this thing where uh, whatever that, what's that frequency, they have that like frequency stuff that supposedly like triggers things in your brain like you know the, they have like the Vicodin thing that you can buy on iTunes that supposedly gives you the feelings of Vicodin because of the what? you've never heard of this so yeah on iTunes it's it's called audio drugs or something it has a much more technical like name ASMR. it's kind of like that but they have like Vicodin and marijuana and you put it on and you you listen to it for 10 minutes and it's supposed to trigger that stuff and I listen to those videos but I don't get the goddamn thing yeah I don't I listen to them but but like essentially like, this I'm threatening you with a knife. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so good. Go to sleep. Essentially, this woman figured out the frequencies that trigger, you know, uh, uh, calming. And I really, if I didn't have meditation, I would have killed myself a long time ago. Because wait, with the pain, to those things. Uh, yeah, it's a 45 minute walk through. I do do. I I I've now been doing. Uh, I take my baby out and sit under the tree, and we we'll meditate together in the morning for 10 minutes to silence. But I, it's very hard for me to sit in silence. I I get. I start thinking terrible things and getting flashbacks of terrible things. I, I'm I really am terrified of the silence in my head. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the, that's why meditation is that's uh, a mind killer. I, I can't. I I have to do it with some guided thing. I'll find it and send it to you because it's the only one that worked. Because all the other ones were like this. You have to grab the energy ball and squeeze it out of your ass, and it's like <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. But I honestly the same thing they say at like improv comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and <laughs> aren't you worried about hawks? Swooping down? Uh, no, no. My backyard, we've got a, this big canopy tree that protects okay. us. But I've thought about it. 
Mm. Especially where we live. Oh, and that's her just waking up. I had up to now. watch my fucking knee for like 10 minutes. And she's eating grapes and she's choking on a grape. Yeah, like, yeah. Can you not die for two, like fucking two minutes? Two days ago, until, she couldn't do. Your goddamn mother comes back before you die. You <laughs> she's like Clark playing ghosts is floating up to the fucking sky. And I'm trying to drag it down. Yeah, two days ago, she couldn't. She couldn't grab things and and bring it to bring it to her, and then all of a sudden, like I went to hand her something, and she just <laughs> has the ability to grab shit and put it in her mouth. Now it's like yeah. fucking crazy. Wow. It's crazy. They adapt quick, but I want both of you to set a goal before this next recording. Those Any knives goal. taste good. Uh, <laughs> uh... A goal. Yeah, some 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 personal goal. I believe in in being like, okay, for the next two days, I'm gonna do this and try and and because uh, it science has proved that doing anything for ninety days, I believe, be, makes it a permanent habit. And I'm not asking for ninety days, but there's got to be something that both of you would like to personally work on. All right, but I warn you, if I don't do it, I will avoid the fuck out of. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not even going to, like, hold you accountable. I mean, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But I think it's a good thing to, like, okay, I'm going to get 10 minutes of sun tomorrow. This is, to be fair, this is two things. We have to make up a thing, and then we have to do it. <laughs> like, I'm, like, the the most taxing co-host ever, aren't I? Uh, and also... Your if, thing can be, I won't do heroin. <laughs> oh. It can be that. I, yeah. I mean, the Iraqis on Suboxone, so yeah, I probably won't. Um, but also, I mean, yeah, the thing that keeps you from doing it is just, the, the, when I was a junkie, it's just, you're a horrible person, you know? Like, I think back, it's just like, there's no redeemable thing. You're just... No, I did terrible things. Not, there's no, you know... I can't I believe even, the routes I, I went down. Hang around with me? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but they did in, for some reason. But it, yeah, you're just uh, a, a worthless whiny sniveling creature you know it's not fun it's not well at the time it's fun but it's like there's no redeemable yeah the, you're utterly utterly unredeemable you know and i think my my at the time i couldn't see it at the time you can't see it. at the time you think you're fucking charming as fuck you know mm -hmm. you, nobody can tell i'm on heroin <laughs> even though you're like unconscious for five minutes <laughs> with the needle sticking out of your arm like you think you're, but afterwards you realize like, oh shit, you know, my desire to be likable generally is the thing that keeps you from relapsing. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Caitlin? What? You got Both? one? Yeah. Harrison knocked it out of the park with that one. I'm expecting you to step it up a fucking notch. I was going to be an asshole and say my goal is just to piss off more people than usual, but um, That's all I right. think I'm actually going to... I'm going to write a letter to my friend who's in rehab, who's probably going to die within the year, but she's in rehab again, so I think I'll write her a letter. How about that? That's a good thing. Spreading That's some love. Thing, yeah. That's a really good thing. That's a no good one thing. wrote me letters. Yeah. I was kicked out of rehab. Where's my parade? <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went to Princeton House, uh, and I was 17, and they kicked me out after seven days because of my negative attitude. And also, this one orderly took me into the corner. It, we were, like, walking into the lunchroom, and this big, fat orderly guy, he grabs me and pulls me off to the side, and I'm, of course, half 
uh, uh, you know, with it. And uh, he told me to take my shirt off because I had a patch on. And, uh, you know, he took me into this weird side room and it was dark and he didn't turn the light on. And I, I fucking I was like, fuck you. And I opened the door and I ran out. And then two days later, they kicked me out, I guess, because I didn't I wasn't good. I wasn't pliable man meat. Uh, I've gotten kicked out of rehab about four times for buying drugs and other unmentionables we won't talk about. <laughs> really? That's wow. That's crazy. it's the norm. That's what people do in rehab. Yeah, I w- I would imagine. So the- <laughs> once I'm in a thing, I'm like I'm like oh, I gotta get gotta take this seriously. I guess you know. It was, the first, co- it was the first couple times. After yeah. about three or four times, I start. I'm like, why am I even here if I'm not gonna? Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's why they kicked me out. out. Yeah. 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 So then my last question is, when can you guys do this again? When, if you want to make this a regular thing, I say we choose. And by the way, guys, this is relevant. This is relevant. Okay. While we were doing this, uh, a dude texted me, a, a guy who was on, I believe, either season four or season five of Celebrity Rehab. Uh, and he says, I need a ride. So he texted me. There was a brief period. Getting- What's that? Can you give us a clue? Like, Jay- what? All right. Jason Gummy Bear Davis. Oh, my God. You know that guy? Oh, yeah. I know that guy. I know that guy. Uh, He's a friend-ish and somebody I worked for for, like, two days over the summer and then quit. Wow. Uh, as Is a, like, personal goon. Oh, yeah. He's, like, a fucking disaster show. He's awful. Oh, yeah. man. I Googled and him now. Not only, I mean, not only is he a junkie, but he's also, like, a member of one of the worst wealthiest families. So. Yeah. Oh, and I've got Jason Gummy Bear Davis, horrific relapse oh, shooting heroin in his in his foot on uh, radar.com. Honestly, if I had that much money, I would still be using heroin. No, no. Oh my goodness, yes I would. No question. If I had no that question. money, I think, absolutely. I think he doesn't have full access to the trust or something. Oh yeah, I heard that. Because now he's like doing God knows what, you know. And he still didn't pay me for the fucking day I drove him around. You know, and and took him to stupid, pointless meetings while you. So you respond. Got my money. <laughs> I'll give you a ride if so, you got my money. Anyway, that's relevant. And also, one other thing I want to say, if I'm um, yeah, it's LA. Stupid bullshit happens. Anyway, um, yeah, don't take it the wrong way. If I um, you think I'm being mean or something? No, it's, it's just on the other podcast. It just fit to be kind of an acerbic asshole. Mm. So I I gravitate towards that. Room. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's I'm all that is. definitely the sociopath, so I don't care about that kind of stuff. But thank you for thank you for doing this. I I think this is is a method that will help me be maintain sobriety, being able to talk honestly about about this stuff because I can't take the traditional method and the doctor said that this is this is acceptable for me as long as I keep doing it so otherwise I'll have to start going to AA she said in order to get my script I mean AA Tell is used for recovery yeah I just sent an email when you told me I sent an email to the gentleman that does the one in Brick New Jersey and I'm gonna give that a try because I do I I do need I do see the benefit of being with other people that are like yes I also want to be clean there's a a synergy you can get yeah, from that the community aspect is really yes. is really redeeming and it, it is helpful I just the hate the touchy is, though, side of it you, ha- you can't just keep going and not do the 12 steps 
And yeah. I do they'll know. And I and, hate the 12 steps. They're fucking yeah, retarded. And then, and then like, you can't, they harass you about it. Yeah, and if you can't do it, it's yeah. not going to work. I rotate to – when I do go, there's three around me that I'll go to because they, 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 they also have weird fucking rules as well. <laughs> but um, hopefully – also comes a point in your sobriety and well, – not sobriety, but – In recovery. Really sober, technically. But in whatever, where it, it actually becomes unhelpful every day to hear fucking stories about – Oh, my God. Bender, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can I just give pros and cons? Well, I mean, the, like, honestly, the best Do whatever thing about smart recovery compared to AA or NA is that you don't just go and people sitting around in a circle and fucking either bitch about their lives, rehash the same shit that they rehash every single time. Oh, the courts are fucking me over. Blah, blah, blah. You, I mean, you get to do crosstalk and this is a discussion format, but there's actually a topic and they, and they really actually kind of. I mean, it's not like classroom format exactly, but it's basically not people sitting around in a circle without any sort of like guidance, just bitching about whatever. Mm. Okay. Well, hopefully they they, they know, have one tomorrow. Like they have yeah. one tomorrow, and if 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 uh, you know if they still do it because they say you have to call beforehand, I'm gonna go and I'll report back. And uh, yeah, so when when do you guys maybe want to do this again? Your I have no voice so is making me high. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Next time I won't be as bad. I'm, I, I know, normally, if you listen to my other podcast, I'm actually entertaining. This one, I'm just really high. Um, but I, I will be better next time. I'm itchy as fuck. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, what? Uh, do you want to leave it up in the air, or do you guys, um, you know have a day during the week that you can normally podcast any day is good for me honestly i have no life i'm pretty much the same i need a little notice and i can generally do it if i'm not like completely um like i don't like sun (laughs) yeah if i'm sometimes honestly some days i'm honestly too much like that to even sit from a computer yeah i have those um, too this is a weirdly vulnerable one so i understand that in general, making time for an hour is not is is easy. Okay, know? good. And just and just be like, ah, we got to do it this time, and I'll be like, oh, we got to do it, so I'll do it. Okay. Generally, it's how you get me to do things. So. All right. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, Harrison and D, Caitlin. He doesn't realize that because he's like, he's too busy trying to fuck twenty six year olds. Yeah, I think he's probably. I imagine he's yeah. very self centered in that manner of uh, he's gonna serve that his dick before his fans. I was upset that one episode was late. (laughs) But, uh. You you read me the riot act. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can't miss. You got to get the Libsyn sign in. Come on. You could do it when his ass is not not up to par. Well, you guys made up for it. But, Harrison and Caitlin, thank you for coming on this official. We're now called, uh, Same Old Sisyphus. Thank you. Thanks to Harrison. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys. It was yeah, this was guys. entertaining. Have a good night. I like night. that title mainly because it just sounds really gay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> All right, peace out, fuckers. All right, bye. bye. bye.